Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life for a Tuesday. I don't know why, but all day long, it's felt like a Wednesday, even though it is a Tuesday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and glad to have you along for this hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, can you think of a time where you said yes to something and it changed your life? You took a chance on some opportunity that was in front of you. It set you on some new path might have been easier, more convenient maybe for you to say no, to just remain comfortable where you were. By saying yes, you were taking a risk. You were stepping outside of your comfort zone. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I'm a convert to the Catholic Church, and I grew up attending a Southern Baptist church. And when I was, I think, about 15 years old, one Sunday morning, just some random Sunday, there was a man who happened to attend our Baptist church for the first time, and his name was Steve And he hadn't been to any kind of church for years. Steve, at this point, he had made some poor choices in his past. He'd been in and out of relationships. He was now living with a woman who he just met a few months earlier. He didn't have a good job, and he was regularly using illegal drugs, specifically cocaine. And when Steve walked into that Baptist church, he wasn't looking for help. He wasn't looking for answers. He was there because a family member had asked him to attend for some reason. I don't even remember what. But after the Sunday service was over, people were exiting, and the pastor of our church, he happened to strike up a conversation with Steve, welcoming him and thanking him for attending that morning. And as they talked, it came up that Steve knew how to play the guitar. So on the spot, the pastor, he invites Steve, says, hey, you should come play guitar here at the church. Join the other musicians. You could could play this upcoming Sunday during the worship service. And Steve was completely caught off guard. He, He was very candid, quietly. Most of the people had already left at that point, quietly explained, hey, I'm living with a woman out of wedlock. Um, I, I, I use drugs. I'm the last person that should be playing music in a church. But the pastor reassured Steve, said, no, come on, show up for, for music practice this week. And so Steve, understandably reluctant, over those next few days, he goes back and forth on whether he actually wants to show up. But he finally makes his decision, and he goes to the music practice, and he kept pretty quiet during that first practice, only asking an occasional question here or there when it was necessary. But he enjoyed the people, and he knew it was nice to actually be playing music with others again. And in light of some of the bad turns he had taken in his life in these past few years, he just saw this as a very welcome change. And so that upcoming Sunday, Steve, he joined the other musicians, played guitar at that church. And he came back to practice that following week, and he kept coming back. And after a couple weeks, he decided, well, you know what? If I'm going to keep doing this, I probably should stop using cocaine. So he just stopped. 
He also knew that it wasn't right to live with a woman when he wasn't married to her, so within a couple of months, he asked that woman, Terry, asked her to marry him. And Steve started turning his life around. And I'm actually really glad to tell you, Steve and Terry, they've been married for over 25 years now. They've adopted two daughters. Terry gave birth to another daughter. Steve and Terry, they've moved a few times. But Steve, he continues to play guitar wherever he lands, whatever church he attends. And that whole direction of Steve's life, it changed when the pastor invited Steve to play the guitar at that Baptist church so many years ago. An invitation like that, it might seem like a very small thing in the moment. But it's pretty amazing to look back and see the massive impact it can have in someone's life. And then they end up impacting all of those individuals that they encounter. Now, those first invitations that Jesus extended to the apostles, they had an amazing impact on them, of course, individually, but also on the world. And today, it's the Feast of St. Matthew, kind of like Steve. On the surface, Matthew would have seemed like a really poor choice to represent Jesus to the world. To anyone else, Matthew might have appeared to need to change some things in his life before Jesus would consider calling him to be an apostle, but Jesus called him on the spot, just as he was, and Matthew's life was completely changed because of this invitation. Today on The Inner Life, we want to talk about that invitation that Jesus extends to each of us. He calls us where we are, just as we are, but then Jesus calls us to not simply stay there. He calls us to become a new creation in him. He calls us to conversion. And looking at that example of St. Matthew, we want to discuss how we respond to that call of conversion. And joining us for the hour is our spiritual director, helping us take a look at how we can have that experience, how we can live out that daily call to conversion. A regular voice here on The Inner Life, Father Bobby Blood. He is a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and he's the spiritual director at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois. And Father, it's great to have you here, actually in studio with me. First opportunity you and I have to uh, talk face-to-face here, so I'm glad to have you in the studio with me, oh, it's a It's a joy to be with you, especially just coming down the road to to see uh, how great Relevant Radio setup is. It's, it's good to be with you, Josh. Yeah, well, and as I was talking about, you know, Steve's story, talking about St. Matt, you that call. One of the things I was thinking too is most priests, when I've talked with them about their vocation story, they will share that there was another priest, somebody who extended that same sort of invitation to them. And it started them on a path that they didn't expect. Did that happen in your life? It did, sort of in a, a backwards sort of way. I remember when I was in fifth grade, uh, our pastor, he'd been a pastor my whole life. He was a little bit grumpy, a little bit gruff. Uh, and I remember being in the sacristy, getting ready for Mass as an altar server. And I was kind of uh, just messing around. And, and Monsignor just said, you'll say good morning, Monsignor, before you do anything. And then he okay. explained just kind of the importance of Mass. And for a lot of people, that, oh, that seems a little harsh, but it actually, for me, put me in the right uh, frame of mind to realize, well, there's something going on here. And then he kind of invited me to learn a little about uh, the Mass in a deeper way. And that just kind of springboarded me to just uh, the, the love of the Lord in those sort of liturgical details. Um, and then, you know, so on and so forth, just kind of f- followed his example through middle school and high school and, and then just realized, okay, th- there's something to this. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I like that. Um, it's funny, our executive director, Father Rocky here, uh, executive director of Relevant Radio, I remember him talking about him on senior when he was a kid growing up. And it was, you know, same sort of attitude of, you know, th- this guy seems really important, but he seems to know 
what's right and what's wrong and, you know, what, what people should do and just set a really good example. So that sounds like that same example from the Monsignor you knew. Yeah, and then some of the younger associates who came through would, you know, laugh and joke and, and just uh, allowed uh, the faith to be an accessible place to be, right? That invitation um, to just go to go deeper and grow deeper with them in the church. And, and it is, it's just been a, a, a great witness to me, and, and I hope to do the same in, in my own work now. That's great. That's great. Well, so today, Feast of St. Matthew. Let's talk about what we know about St. Matthew. Uh we know that he's a tax collector. We have that in the reading, the gospel reading from Mass today. Uh, we also have him, obviously, the traditional author of the first gospel that we have in the New Testament of the Bible. There's, there doesn't seem to be a lot else. He's listed in those names of the apostles there in Scripture. Is there anything else that we know about St. Matthew from Scripture, or does most of the rest of our knowledge just come from the tradition that's been handed down? Most comes through tradition. You know, we have that call of Matthew in, in the various synoptic gospels, right? He uses the name of Levi and right. Luke. Um, but beyond that, we don't have much, right? The tradition kind of states that he um, uh, preached to the people of Judea, and then uh, maybe moved on to other places. It's kind of unclear in the tradition, and then lay down his life just like the other apostles. But uh, the one thing we do know is uh, that story of conversion, right? That call of the gospel is not so different from the other apostles. Right. Uh, that moment where uh, Christ sees Matthew and says those simple words, right? That invitation is so sh- short and so sweet. Yeah, it's just two words. Follow me. Yeah. Follow me. And yet that's enough for Matthew to say, I'm all in. Right? It, we think of you know the moment where Simon is called and he drops the net and he goes. It's, it's that same idea that no matter what we have our hands on, no matter what we're focusing on, when Christ calls, it's worth setting aside everything and just going. Yeah. Well, and like you say, it is setting aside everything. Jesus also seems to give a bad time to people who don't want to follow him immediately. Um, it, there's the the one that I remember, I think he has three or four different people come up to him at different points in this kind of exchange. And one of them says, oh, I want to follow you, but first I need to go and you know bury my father. I need to take care of some things at home. And Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. You come and follow me. He really kind of puts this emphasis, and it almost sounds like he might be rude at that point in the way he's talking with the man. Yeah, it does come off that way, but I, I think it's a firmness in love. He, he's uh, showing these folks that he's calling that I, I'm going to take care of you. You know, there's not a there's not a lot of explanation, right? Yeah. It's come, and then they say, well, I have to worry about all these things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I've got you. Don't worry about that. I'm the son of God, right? I'm going to provide for you. And, and it's a certain level of trust, especially in these initial conversions that we're called to, to say that uh, I don't know exactly what he's doing. I don't know exactly the way that he's going to work, but he wants me to believe uh, that he's going to take care of me. And you can imagine some frustration if they're saying, ah, I think I want to handle my own business, right? You know, there's other stories, too, that I think of, and this is kind of going into that conversion realm, uh, but with Matthew, he he's not, as I mentioned, he's not the ideal candidate, at least in the eyes of most of the religious at that time. He's somebody who's a tax collector, looked down upon as being somebody who has betrayed the Jewish people because he's collecting money for the Roman government. They're in this occupied 
Israel land. And, you know, this is a person who you're not being true to your Jewish heritage, you're being a stooge for these people who have come in and conquered us. So there's already kind of a bad taste here. And Jesus says, it's okay, I take you right as you are. Um, That really speaks volumes as to you, you can't be really almost too far gone in any capacity that there's not the opportunity, as long as you're breathing, you still have the opportunity to make things right and follow Christ. And the examples that we have of these calls throughout Scripture, normally it is the example of somebody who seems further away from maybe the traditional candidate. And I think the reason those stories stay with us and are are written down and handed down is because uh, it's compelling to realize that God doesn't call us in spite of our brokenness, but even in our particular weakness, the Lord is calling us uh, in order that the glory of God might be known. Uh, Because we can see just how quickly the hand of God can change someone's life from counting those fat stacks uh, to saying, you know what, I don't need this anymore. Um, Yeah, well, another tax collector that comes to mind, Zacchaeus. He's another one where he just wants to get a glimpse. Who is this guy? What's he all about when Jesus happens to be passing through the town? And Jesus stops. Zacchaeus, come down. I am going to your house today. I'm going to dine with you. And with that, with Matthew, um, you have this kind of instantaneous change. They encounter Jesus, and all of a sudden, there's this, okay, I'm not going to continue on the path I was on. I'm now embarking on this new journey because of this encounter with Christ. Uh, St. Paul, of course, a very famous uh, visual example there, being blinded by this light, being struck blind. And on the road to Damascus, he has to be led to where he can encounter, I I forget who, is it Ananias that he encounters Mm -hmm. there then, ends up welcoming him essentially into the church. And the blindness falls from his eyes, the scales fall. That idea of this conversion moment, that's really important. It's really important we have that initial encounter, but conversion is not just a one-time occurrence. Yeah, exactly. In in some of these powerful first encounters that uh, these great saints have with Jesus, I think we take note that he first sees them. In a certain respect, they let themselves be seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's powerful. A lot of folks, myself included, struggle with that vulnerability, that struggle of letting the Lord see us. And I think that first time where we can really feel uh, God gazing upon us makes that huge shift, that that metanoia, that change of heart uh, that sets us on the right path. But so how soon we forget, how soon do we uh, kind of move away from that moment of conversion and life gets busy and we need to remind ourselves and allow the Lord to remind us that he still sees us and he's still calling us to continue to turn our heart closer to him daily because uh, we drift. That's the natural tendency. Um, and yet the Lord continues to call. The Lord continues to give us that grace to turn. If I have never had that strong encounter like a Matthew, like a Zacchaeus, like a St. Paul, if I haven't had that moment there, I've grown up as a cradle Catholic, I've always been in the church, I've never really kind of strayed. Um, I believe, 
You know, I believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. I go to confession. I, I receive the sacraments. You know, I, I live this out because it is something that is a part of me, but I've never had that strong, deep conversion because it's always been part of who I am from my earliest days. At that point, am I, am I lacking something? Or is it more of a blessing that I say, oh, you know, I, I, I was brought in from my infancy into the family of God. And I have so much to be thankful for that, unlike somebody who maybe feels regret over wasted time before they came to know Christ, before they came into the church, which which side of that do you think that is? Yeah, I would say it's a balance. I think uh, all of our experience of coming to know the Lord is a gift. Uh, so for the folks that have that kind of conversion story or that moment where they can kind of point to and say, oh, that's where I met the person of Christ. That's a grace because uh, that's a great witness. But for those of us, myself included, who are cradle Catholic and have been just kind of uh, raised in, in the grace of the faith, um, that's also a grace in the sense of um, – He's been so faithful since the moment of my baptism when I was a child uh, and then my first communion and confirmation and just being surrounded by the church and the community. That's worth rejoicing in. But I think sometimes we don't give that the reverence that it's due. Right. It's, yeah. The, the other stories are more dramatic. And it, it seems maybe almost boring that, well, I, I've just always gone to Mass. I've just always, you know, th- this is just kind of the way life has always been for me. Am I missing out on something? If we take a moment, though, to look back on our story, I think we could pinpoint those little moments of conversion that maybe we we didn't reverence at the time because it seems so natural. Maybe you have a teacher who uh, takes interest in you and and gives you extra time in the faith, or maybe um, you have a moment in high school where you go on a retreat or uh, even uh, just in your religion classes and, and you just realize, oh, there's there's something here. Right? The Lord was active and he was moving. And just to t- kind of take note and then to thank the Lord for those moments because all those little shifts do build up and, and make us into the great saints we're called to be. Uh, well, let's pick up on that in just a minute, Father, some of those little moments of conversion. Uh, I want to open the phone lines and our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today, Father Bobby Blood, and we're talking about conversion, not just the one-time conversion, but that ongoing, that daily conversion, and how do you respond each day to that call to conversion, to grow closer to Christ, to allow Christ to change your life so that you are, you're more closely united with him. Do you find yourself discouraged, maybe, if you're not growing in holiness, when that conversion isn't happening as fast as you'd like it to happen? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. More on conversion coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. 
back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Bobby Blood, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and today talking about conversion. What does conversion mean for us? A lot of times we might think of it as a one-time event, but it's something that we're called to each day, maybe even multiple times a day, something that we have to renew ourselves in Christ. And how do you respond to that call to conversion? How have you grown closer to Christ? Because you continually say, yes, I want to renew my mind and renew my heart. I want to grow closer to Christ. Do you find yourself having a struggle in that answering yes when you're called to that conversion each day? Is there something that holds you back from that? And you'd like some advice, maybe some encouragement in your spiritual journey. That's why Father Blood is here. Our, our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And right before the break, Father, you were talking about those little moments of conversion where we end up saying yes. And in those little moments of conversion, when we have that opportunity to make a decision one way or the other. Am I going to choose myself, or am I going to choose what God wants for me? Um, the, the thing that it takes me back to is where Jesus says, if you wish to follow me, if you wish to be my disciple, you must take up your cross first and then follow me. And I think it might even be in Luke's gospel. It's one of the three synoptic gospels where it adds in a word. You must take up your cross daily and follow me. Um, having that aspect of that if I am going to follow Christ, if I'm going to say yes, I'm going to be carrying this heavy burden. Uh, I mean, at the time when he said that, it's a death sentence. Take up your cross. Take up your death sentence. Die to yourself and follow me. That sounds a bit scary if we really look at what Christ is actually saying there, that we're going to have to take up whatever he gives us, but it means we die to ourselves. Uh, when we say yes, what are we really saying in those moments? What are we, because we talk about being born again. So that dying to self, it allows us to be born again in a way. How, how do we live that out every day? Yeah, I think first and foremost is just to continue to engage with the Lord, uh, bring your existence to Him, and and allow the faith to integrate throughout your day. Because there could be a temptation uh, to when I'm in a moment of prayer or I'm at Mass, uh, in those places I'm going to live out the faith. And then when I go out to the rest of the world, it's kind of doing whatever I want. I, I just have to kind of do my job and love my family and get through it. But the Lord is asking us to enter into the life of Christ at every moment, in every way, by the nature of our baptism, we're called to be little Christ. And that looks like making those sacrifices, right? And, and that's not like a, a happy rainbow sort of thing, uh, but it starts to transform us. So realize that love for another person is always worth that sacrifice, right? And Christ showed us that, that suffering is not empty. Uh, suffering provides an opportunity for real love and real transformation. Uh, and so it looks like being aware every day of what the Lord is asking to kind of uh, soften our heart uh, to see, okay, where is he prompting me uh, to make those sacrifices? Where is he prompting me to lay down what I want in my own will uh, in order to serve the good of God and the good of the person in front of us? If I'm trying to listen to God 
as he's speaking. One of the natural ways is reading Scripture, getting to know Christ himself. Um, Another way you talk about, you know, if you're going to Mass, not to compartmentalize. It might be something that is said in the homily at Mass. It might be one of the readings at Mass that speak to us. might even be something offered in the intentions for Mass. If I'm not sure of what God is calling me to, though, if there's kind of this, I have this this vague understanding of, well, I know in a general sense what God wants of everyone who is one of his followers, but what is he specifically calling me to do and live out in my life? And I don't seem to have any kind of clarity on that. How do I gain that clarity? Great question. Uh, Continue to knock on the door, right? The Lord... uh, listens when we're persistent, right? He, he always hears us, but there's a certain level of uh, growth that happens when we continue to knock on the door for the clarity. Uh, but also it just takes practice. Right? Even if you just um, make a mental note, you know, within the first three hours of my day today, I want to go out of my way uh, to serve the needs of another, whatever that might look like. Because right? doing these acts of charity or virtue are by its very nature going to kind of uh, put us in tune with what the Lord is doing. And we're going to start to, oh, that that fulfilled me in a way that uh, serving my own will didn't. Um, so even just to do those good things, even if the Lord from on high didn't say, you have to go do this now, to realize uh, we know, right? We know what the Lord desires from us and and to take note, okay, where are these opportunities to actually live out the life of, of the Christian? Christian that I've been called to since those first conversion moments. Well, and as you're talking about the virtues, you know, um, we talked about if you say yes to God, you're going to have to deny yourself someplace else. You're going to have to say no to something else. Um, You know, we all have the great equalizer 24 hours in a day, right? So wherever we choose to spend our time and our energy, we have to make that choice. Am I going to spend it here or there? And you can't do both, you know, at least in most cases, you can't do both. But in choosing and saying yes to living out one of the virtues, at that point, really what you're doing is you're saying yes to a rightly ordered sense of some sort of behavior. And you are saying no to sin. So in the saying no, a lot of times we might say, oh, I'm saying no to a really, really good thing, something I love, something I want to do. But... There can be those points where when we're saying yes, we're not denying ourselves the good things. We're actually saying yes to the greatest good that Christ wants to give us, and we're saying no to the things that on the surface might seem like that's what I want, but it really detracts from us living, uh, you know, going back to what Matthew Kelly says, you know, being the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah, even in my own experience, you know, we have mass every day at the high school at 7.30. I can either get up an hour early and pray and really put some work into my daily homily, even though it's only a few people attending mass, or I could be selfish and I could get a little extra rest that makes me feel less rested at the end of it. Uh, and then my homily suffers and the people have to go away sad, right? Yeah. Um, but to, to make that choice to say, I want to choose the difficult good, and set aside my own selfishness and my own desires for uh, my own good and, and, and really lean into the needs of those people. Uh, but it's not easy. It's not easy. Well, and you, you talk about making that choice. Um, I, I think it's important to you know, make the, the distinction here that it's not all reliant upon us, you know, that 
we have to look to the Holy Spirit. We have to rely upon God. Without him, what's what's the point of us even having this conversation if that is not of primary importance? But there has to be that... Um, there has to be that decision, that very deliberate choice at the beginning of each day, or maybe multiple times through the day. And that choice, having that having that uh, time where we say, I'm going to really make sure I make that choice, that I want to follow this through, there are times you might want to give up on that. And let, you know, I mean, you talk about getting up in the morning, but it could be all kinds of things. Oh, I've been I've been making the good choices all month long and I'm just kind of tired. I just want to I want to be lazy for a moment or I want to indulge and give in to that little gluttonous feeling or you know whatever it is that that you know seems like okay, can I just take a break from all this work to be holy for a moment? Yeah, and and right there that moment of tension is exactly where we meet the Lord. That's the place where I think the Lord in a particular way can really show up and show off uh, because we've kind of gone to our wits end. We've given everything we have. I'm exhausted, Lord, and yet you still continue to provide. Uh, Pope Francis says in in, uh, Evangelii Gaudium, he says, Lord, I have let myself be deceived. In a thousand ways I've shunned your love. Yet here I am once more to renew my covenant with you. I need you. Save me once again, Lord. Take me once more into your redeeming embrace. That's a beautiful prayer. Uh, But I think if we put that in layman's terms, I'm not as pious as the good Holy Father. So for me, that looks like saying, Lord, I'm so, so stinking tired. If you could just provide just, I just need an ounce of energy to get through this hour, right? It's okay to pray out of that place and then allow the Lord to to speak to you and, and be with you in the midst of that stretching. And then you take another step forward. In taking those steps forward, one of the things we talked about the virtues, living those out. What do you think are other key elements, uh, maybe some spiritual behaviors that we can put into our lives that help us to more easily respond when we have those moments of tension, when we have that opportunity to say yes or to say no in our ongoing conversion? I think one of the primary steps is just vulnerability, being honest with your own community. So if if you're married, that means your spouse. Me as a priest, it means my brothers. Uh, Finding those places where we can be open and honest about where we want to go and the desires we have for that virtue. And then when we kind of get to our wit's end, we have our our community, our body of Christ to fall back on. Uh, But also it's the little uh, spiritual habits, something to lean back on. Uh, maybe you keep your rosary in your pocket, even if you don't have the time to pray the rosary in that moment of struggle, to just put your hand in your pocket and, and just remember, oh, I'm not on my own here. I have something that reminds me I'm a part of something greater, and he is going to provide. So one of the other things that might be good to talk about is um, actually let me throw out the phone number really quick here too because I mean we're talking about a lot of different practical applications but we're talking about how we can live out conversion not just that one-time conversion but that daily conversion how do we grow closer to Christ on a daily basis how do we say yes 
in those moments where it might seem difficult and say, yes, I want to choose Christ over my own selfish wants or desires. Our studio line, 888-914-9149. How do you respond to that call each day? How have you grown closer to Christ because you have lived out that daily conversion? Maybe you've really been struggling in that area. You want to choose what's good. And it's difficult. You do find yourself exhausted. You do find yourself maybe at that wit's end. And you'd like some encouragement, uh, like a little bit of advice on your spiritual journey. Again, the studio line, 888-914-9149, Email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. So let's talk about in that moment, in that moment of tension, if we get to that and we find ourselves where... We, we've said yes a bunch of times, and at that moment we're just, for whatever reason, we fall and we say no, and we choose selfishly, whatever that might be. How do we, how do we pick ourselves back up and get back to where we don't let discouragement take hold, we don't beat ourselves up because of choosing myself over choosing Christ? Yeah, I, we all know that feeling of of living the life of grace, and then you trip, and then you feel like oh, I have to start back at the beginning. Right. right? But the Catechism talks about um, the sacrament of reconciliation as the sacrament of conversion. Um, so that's one way, right, to go to the mercy of God very tangibly in the sacrament, and being able to uh, have that clean start. But that doesn't mean that all of the work we put in the months prior was worthless or in vain. We continue to uh, work off of where we've already been, even though if it feels like, oh, I've fallen and now it's 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 all in the past. I think the Lord is instead going to say, no, it, it's okay. We just keep going. Uh, you imagine how, how many times in the scriptures those who followed the Lord made mistakes, and yet uh, they're still a part of the story of salvation history because the Lord chose them and drew them near to himself. And he does the same for us. So if we feel that frustration and we need the encouragement from the Lord, uh, just to go to him and be honest about the frustration and the pain, and I, I feel like a screw-up. And the Lord doesn't uh, lean into that or poke us where it hurts in order to shame us. But if we feel that sort of tender touch of the Lord, and, and, and maybe even that seems challenging, to realize he wants to heal that place and right in that place where it feels tender is exactly where healing and the glory of God is made known for the world. Uh, so there's nothing but hope. When we trip and fall, uh, then the Lord is offering us uh, that spirit of hope. You also have, so a couple words that have stood out to me. One, you talked about being honest with Christ here when we are in those moments. You've also talked about what should our relationships look like what are those how do we how do we have that conversion and practice that in the relationships in our own immediate community and you talked about being vulnerable those two words being honest and being vulnerable i think can be very frightening because intellectually and in all you know uh, theoretically i know god knows all of my faults, all of my failures, 
but I still want to put on a good face, you know, mm-hmm. whenever I'm encountering somebody at mass, whenever I, I'm not the guy in the back, the, the tax collector or the sinner who is back there saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm trying to be a good Catholic. I'm trying to live out my life, but I know deep down inside, I am that person just hanging my head, beating my chest, saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. But being vulnerable and honest with God is one thing privately. How can we get to a point where we can trust those around us to where we can have that vulnerability, to where we can actually say, okay, I'm going to be absolutely frank, absolutely honest here with the things I'm dealing with. And this is where I think God is really leading me and he's blessed me, but here are the things I am really, really having a difficult time with. Yeah, Second Corinthians 3.17 says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I think that that sort of honesty or vulnerability I, I talk about is in seeking that freedom, right? I think we all want it. We want to be able to be exactly who we are and just be totally honest and forthcoming and, and not feel that temptation or tendency to put up the walls around the people around us. But uh, it's scary because if if we're honest about our struggles and then we're rejected, uh, we can close up more. But I think the hope is uh, we can get to a point emotionally and spiritually that even if we're rejected by the Lord, even if not rejected by the Lord, rejected by others, the Lord is still going to be there. Uh, and he's going to continue to bring something good, out, even out of those sort of uh, stings that we feel. And also it's going to inspire the vulnerability and honesty of those around us, right? That's how real community yeah. grows. And that was my thought, too, is, you know, sometimes if we take that first step, if we're the ones who say, all right, I'm just going to be honest, I'm going to share, I'm going to share something that's really personal, but here's where I am. And if we do that, that a lot of times will elicit that same sort of honesty and, you know what, you're not alone because I've been dealing with that, too, or I've been dealing with something else and, it allows you to develop that bond then with that that brother or sister in Christ. And even we can look to the Lord. He, he did it first, right? He showed us what it looks like to be vulnerable mm. first. He loved first in order that we might be able to reciprocate. And now we're called to do the same thing, right? Even if yeah. we have to take a risk, if we choose it first, uh, it really does kind of let the domino start to fall. Our spiritual director here on The Inner Life, Father Bobby Blood, and we're talking about that ongoing daily conversion. How do you respond each day to that call to conversion, to grow closer to Jesus, to allow him to change your life so that you're more closely united with him? And do you find yourself discouraged when you do have those moments where you fall or are you not are you not having that conversion happen as quickly as you'd like? Our studio line, 888-914-9149. Maybe you've had some successful uh, steps forward in your spiritual journey in saying yes. What has helped you? What has been that key that has allowed you to make that progress in your spiritual life? 888-914-9149. More coming up with your phone calls as well here right after the break on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
to The Inner Life today here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Bobby Blood, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, the spiritual director at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois, and today talking about conversion, looking at the life of St. Matthew. It's his feast day today, and how Christ called him. Right where he was in the moment, he was there at the customs post and in the middle of a working day, and Jesus just simply said, follow me. And Matthew stopped what he was doing, and he left, and he followed Christ. And Jesus calls that uh, calls us to have that same attitude, to follow him, not only once, but every day of our lives. How do you respond to that call from Christ to follow him, to live out your faith? And what has helped you to do that? What are some of the things that have helped you to day after day say, I'm going to choose God over myself. I'm going to put him first. Maybe you're really struggling in that area and you'd like some help, some advice. And that's why Father Blood is here. And our studio line open for your call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, we've got Mary who's listening to us in Austin, Texas. Hi, Mary. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi. Thanks. Um, I was listening to you on the radio, and um, this topic really spoke to me. Uh, I do a lot of different um, ministries within my parish, and I had a conflict this summer. I facilitate one of the Bible study groups, and someone asked me if um, I would be an RCIA sponsor which I've not done in the past, and um, I'm a lifelong Catholic as well, so I don't have one of those dramatic conversion stories. Uh, and I, I really struggled. I was flattered that I was thought of to be able to fill this role, um, but it took me weeks to make a decision, a decision because um, if I didn't do the Bible, thing anymore. I'm leaving those people in the lurch, and they'll have to find a new facilitator. If I do the um, the RCIA, will I be good enough? Will I <laughs> will I be a deer in the headlights and and be no help? Um, it was just such a struggle. Um, fear is a big is a big deal. I've recognized that whenever I take on a new ministry, that I'm fearful I will fail. And I have to let go of that. <laughs> but do you have advice for us when when we're torn with where you feel like you're serving God, either choice you make, but, but which choice do you make? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I appreciate you, you being vulnerable with us about that fear, because I think that's an experience of a, of a lot of us, uh, Mary. But I, I think I might even start with, um, where's the desire of your heart in that place? So um, I think sometimes it's it's easy to kind of put uh, all the pressure on the Lord. Okay, Lord, you have to clearly tell me what you desire for me in this moment, and, and that's a fine prayer. But also he works our own desires. So if you feel that kind of excitement or you feel that stirring, oh, that, that idea of RCA is kind of exciting, I, I might take some steps towards that. Or maybe you just dread the idea of, of switching and you just feel like, I, I feel like me and the Lord have such a groove with this Bible study. It's okay to be honest that, uh, oh, my experience is a part of this. 
Um, and then also, too, to realize that we only have so many hours in a day, right? Uh, Pope John the Twenty Third at the end of a day, realizing that um, it's his church and we got to go to bed sometimes, right? Um, have you made that choice? Have you started kind of moving down one of those two paths, Mary? Well, I did make the choice to stay with the facilitation. They were at the same time. Otherwise, I I would have been happy to do both, um, but they were both at the very same time on Sundays. Um, and I ended up making the decision, and I don't know that I regret it. I do feel like maybe that door to the RCIA thing is closed, and I would like to know more about that. Um, and maybe it's just closed for this season. But the, the Bible study that I got into just as a member, I mean, just participating, opened my eyes to so many things that, um, especially that pride thing, how, how detrimental that is. And, and you don't think of it as pride mm-hmm. when you're just thinking, oh, I can't do that. Well, no, <laughs> it's, you can if you have faith, if you trust. Right, and, and so I didn't want to let go of that, that learning that I and that dynamic. Well, and they're both. Both of those situations have learning and dynamism and relationship and connection in them. And, but and, um, I guess what overrided it was I didn't want to have to have the director find a new facilitator. <laughs> Right. And who knows, the Lord might continue to provide and, and allow some of those folks who are in RSA to, to find their way to their Bible study. Uh, but Mary, we appreciate your witness. Yeah. You know, Father, is I'm listening there too with Mary, and you touched on this a little bit, that fear that can hold us back a lot of times for something where God might be calling us. You know, I, I, I find it really interesting as Mary's sharing, she's got the one Bible study where she's being fed spiritually. And she, she recognizes, rightly so, that if she helps in RCIA, she's going to be helping someone else be spiritually fed. She knows that she'll get some spiritual benefit from that as well. Um, but that's one of those things where, uh, you know, Sometimes, I, I mean, in this case, it literally has to be an either or because they're both at the same time. You know, you can't mm-hmm. choose to do both of them because of the conflict schedule wise. But we shouldn't look at all of those opportunities that might come our way as it always has to be an either or. Of course, God wants us to be fed spiritually. But then he wants us to take what we've been given and share it with others. Exactly, right? Being able to kind of uh, allow uh, all the time we put into being fed uh, and then being able to bring the excess and kind of, uh, it's it's from the Psalms, right? Our cup overflows, Mm -hmm. right? We allow our cup to be full to the brim and just kind of allow that to, to pour forth to those we're around. And so... And I think sometimes those opportunities we have in faith to learn and to grow are, in a particular way, given to us so that when the Lord does call us to something more extrinsic or more giving, we have the opportunity to say yes. Mary, thanks so much for calling into the program. Uh, Father, as we look at Mary's call, it also brings up the question of, okay, if I'm helping somebody else spiritually, let's say that I have a loved one, somebody in my family, might be a spouse, might be a son or daughter, might be a brother or sister, whoever it is, and they they just aren't quite on that same spiritual journey. 
maybe there's openness to you know uh, the church maybe they're a fallen away catholic something there how do i how can i in my interaction with them encourage that ongoing maybe it's that initial conversion to start with but then after that that ongoing conversion how can i help by what i might say my interactions with them First, I would circle back to what we said about Matthew and Zacchaeus, that the the Lord first saw them, right? It can be easy for us to want to run zero to 100 and immediately uh, start, I read this great book by Scott Hahn and this paragraph in the Catechism, and I have all these things, and Father said this great thing in in his homily, and I talk about my homily, right? Uh, But... uh, (laughs) And we want to give all the things we have, but people aren't necessarily there, right? But yeah. to be seen and appreciated by someone they love, that's a great first step. Um, and then also to share our own experience, um, not to um, say this is the only blueprint, but to share, wow, I had a moment where I felt cared for by the Lord or, or my parish, uh, and this really fed me. And then let it lie. That's really hard as those who want to evangelize and share the good news to just let the thing be the thing. We don't have to kind of beat it over and over. We just, this really fed me, and here you go, and then take a step back. Um, And then then finally, I might just say, notice the virtue they have. Even if they aren't living uh, the deep, faithful Catholic life that you wish they were, by the very nature of our humanity— they're doing things that are virtuous and good. And so being able to name those things and encourage them to continue to lean into those gifts and talents that they have, because in some ways, uh, that's the way that God is going to work through them even post a deeper conversion. You know, as you talk about also letting that lie, we, we you know bring that whatever piece of encouragement to them, and we just say it, and we don't beat it. We just, that right there, that's... I know we want the payoff for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk with somebody and, well, I'm going to say this thing and I'm going to convince you because I am so, I'm so on, you know, this is absolutely true and you need to hear this and it's going to just change your mind and your whole life. And, but I'm not the one who's going to change their mind. I'm not the one who's going to change their heart. Taking that step back, that's allowing the Holy Spirit to work at that moment. Yeah, you're leaving space and time because we don't know exactly how what we say or do is going to touch a person's heart. And we don't realize all the work the Spirit's already been doing and the plan of the Spirit for the rest of that day. And so to realize all the pressure isn't on us, right? We do what the Lord calls us to and and we share the best we can. And then we realize, oh, the Lord is going to take care of this soul. He loves them a lot more than we do. And so we can trust that. Really quick, and we're down to just the last minute or so here, but one other thought, uh, as we're talking about our own ongoing conversion, a word that really really hasn't come up, you mentioned going to confession, the healing sacrament there, but repentance. That's one key word that I think needs to be brought up. We have to be able to turn away from whatever we're doing and start again and start again and start again. Right. We have to continue to say that yes to the Lord and to realize that that means Uh, Some days you just have to admit, oh, I have to clean house. Um, I may have struggled with the same thing for years or decades, uh, but today is the day to be made new, and the Lord wants to offer that. Well, Father, as we're down to about our last 30 seconds here, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour today? Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father, we ask your blessing upon these, your dear sons and daughters, that they might recognize your deep call and they might be given the grace to say a full and total yes. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father, for being here with us today on The Inner Life. And if you missed any part of the program earlier, of course, go back and check out the podcast available at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. We've got Mass that's coming up next. Father Edward Looney is our celebrant. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about marriage and specifically, what does the Catholic Church teach on annulments? And it's going to be a very interesting conversation. I hope you'll join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Have a blessed rest of your Tuesday.